0: Hello, welcome back. You're listening to Talking Shit with a Yank and a Brit with me, Gemma, and her, Kate. Kate.
1: Oh, I didn't know if I was supposed uh, to jump I'm sorry. It's okay. Start we, over. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't plan it, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Today on... Talking shit with Yank and a Brit, Gemma and I are going to be exploring. Gemma, <laughs> what oh. are we exploring? <laughs> I forgot already.
0: <laughs> well, today we've got a few things lined up for you. Some fantastic discussions between uh, Kate and I. Uh, we explore uh, another fantastic, expiring, expiring, inspiring <laughs> woman's story. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. Uh, We're a little tired today. We've had late weekend. Let's just be honest and self-disclose a little bit so people know where we're at. I think that vulnerability will be appreciated. You Mm -hmm. had a late night. I had a late night, yeah. um, you kind of were working. I was not doing anything of consequence other than just enjoying my coworker's birthday and uh, celebrating people's moves into homes, making terrible, terrible art, um, <coughs> having alcohol, and generally just being unproductive.
0: Lovely, and by by working, I was singing, I'm I'm not a lady of the night. But-, um, but that is not to discredit <laughs> sex workers who are doing a fantastic job. <laughs> but I am just not oh, one.
1: My mistake. I thought that's what you were doing. I guess I stand corrected there. But I think you would I be guess I am selling class. myself in some way. Be- very high class too, like for athletes and senators mm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Escort.
0: Mm-hmm. That kind of level. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Very. But you had some gigs. Sounds like they were kind of fun, except – back-to-back and exhausting and figuring out how to stay awake past 10 p.m. was something we both had to think about and Mm. engage in some, you know, strategies for, so.
0: Yeah. Caffeine is wonderful, but when you do want to go to sleep, it's not so good.
1: (laughs) It's a curse. It's a gift and a curse. (laughs) Speaking of let me just take a big old sip of my coffee right now. How'd that sound? (laughs) Really nice. (laughs) I hope everyone enjoyed that. (laughs)
0: That's some ASMR
1: for you guys. Yep. Yep, it is. Um, So should we talk a little bit about my little Mm. effort here? Yeah, so Kate
0: appears to have made some merch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Potential merch um, that we're still exploring, but basically for those are familiar with um, a craft called Shrinky Dinks, I I was introduced to this last night and was, I know the name needs work, um, but have never encountered this before, but I think it's been around for a while and it is uh, amazing. And I basically made an image of our show image, I guess, our podcast Artwork. artwork, there we go. Where, you know, it's Gemma and I talking shit with the ink and a Brit. Gemma looks like a potato. (laughs) And I, uh, you know, I have like a kind of a witch nose. Like it's very big and kind of points downward. But it is us. I think it's just like Picasso-esque, you know. Yeah, there we go. Just like a little doodle. Mm -hmm. You guys can't see it, but I'm shoving it in Gemma's face in the camera. Can you take a a picture of it so that we can post this to our social media? (laughs) Absolutely. And we might maybe be interested in not only kind of developing some merch of similar but perhaps better quality, but also someone might win this inaugural (laughs) piece of art. Mm. And, you know, it's got a little hole, so maybe I'll even stick a little keychain on it so people can have it on their keychain.
0: Love it. Well, I'll post that for everyone to have a look. And you can see Kate's fantastic artwork. I don't know why you're not an artist, to be honest.
1: You know, I really thought about that, but I didn't want to, like, just monopolize the art world. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure other people had a chance. Yeah. So I went, you know, the more scholarly route. And... Other pursuits, but you know, maybe maybe now is my time. Everyone's yeah, had a chance. Is, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> had a chance. It's not my fault if you didn't, you know, take advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
0: I so. look forward to receiving uh, an image of.
1: There you go. Round Done. two. Oh, fantastic! Well, round one anyway. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I wanted to share with you just because we're still dabbling in it. Even though I think we made it pretty clear that neither of us are going to be quitting our day jobs to, you know, pursue tarot reading or really let it kind of make the major decisions of our lives. But I did a random pull this morning because why not? And I got a card called The World. Ah, yes. The World. Are you you familiar with the World card? Because I was not. (laughs) And uh, it was reverse which has you know, its own special meaning, so mm-hmm. this is how it appeared to me. But this is what it looks like, and I think it's very cute. cute. It's a kitty, because I have the kitty cards, and it's just, you know, the world. I didn't even realize this was a card, and I was like, that's quite, seems quite grandiose, and it is. Um, what do you know about the card meaning? Anything? Um,
0: oh, I can't remember, to be honest, off the top of my head.
1: Well, so I'll tell you that it signifies completion or wholen- wholeness. Ooh. W-H-O-L-E-N-E-S-S, not like heart hole or (laughs) butthole. A goal reached, attainment, efforts rewarded, one cycle ended, belonging. And this one really struck me because I would say probably in the last couple weeks, I've been contemplating my career and whether I've kind of gotten – as far as I'm going to get in this particular field or role, and kind of what would I do next, and and like, do I have any goals? And feeling a little bit stuck, and so, I the, in addition to kind of meaning those things, it really says basically you've kind of achieved your desired goal, reached your desired destination, and you can take some time to like appreciate that. Um, but it's also perhaps time to start looking at a new journey or path. Mm. And it also says this card can also appear when a long journey overseas is about to commence. Uh, The reverse meaning is you feel at a standstill, trapped by a fear of new horizons or having achieved a goal you are stagnating or unsure of the next step you should take. So I was a little bit like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, And so basically, I think... Even though we said we would never just kind of make drastic decisions based on, you know, like <laughs> You're going to quit your job I, and move I abroad. I sent my letter of resignation to my supervisor and <laughs> I'm going to fully lean into this Shrinky Dink business. <laughs> Here I am announcing it to the world.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so proud of you. Well done.
1: Thank you. You're hearing it before <laughs> literally anyone else in my life. My husband, my cats, my parents. You've just made
0: this decision right here, yeah, right, right now. Right now. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. It feels that like is, the right move, though. It's freaky, <laughs> though. I did. Exactly. I sent you that picture of the one I did mm-hmm. the other day. It was a quite a not a complicated you had like full one, but it was royal court. Yeah, it was like a seven card spread, and yeah, it was like. <laughs> Every card pretty much was a major arcana. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was it was really freaky. I ended up like googling everything and writing mm-hmm. down the description of like each card so that I could any highlights analyze it. So it was basically kind of all about next year's energy, what's in store, what I need to look out for, you know, things like that, and. The overriding message really is that I need to follow my intuition but also use logic and intelligence to come to my decisions, which does lack sometimes. Like what
1: I, like what I just did like just Like what now, you just right? did, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um,
0: and uh, very strong feminine energy, so like mm. strong, wise females coming into my life. <clears throat> um but also not to rush anything take my time um
1: hurry up but slow down yeah basically yeah uh
0: (laughs) but yeah it was yeah for each question like the cards were just scarily and weirdly relevant and yeah it freaks me out every time I do one
1: did you make any maybe not decisions but like set a make a plan based on it at all it's more that I've,
0: I've got loads of plans already going in my head, mm-hmm. and I think it was more telling me to kind of slow down and just focus on maybe one or two, and yeah. not try and do everything all at once and get everything mm-hmm. done. And so I will take that going forward into twenty twenty four for sure. Nice,
1: hmm. good idea. I, I think the strong feminine energy, mm-hmm. too, really is maybe hinting towards our vibe mm-hmm. <laughs> and the theme of the podcast yeah. and all the important women in your life, not just me, but mostly me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: so listen to me. <laughs> well, talking of strong females,
0: uh, do you want to hear a story about potentially the first feminist on record
1: fuck yeah i do okay i'm ready let me get my popcorn and burn my bra and fight the patriarchy real quick yeah now i mean
0: what i will say as a little disclaimer is a couple of things um I may have got a little bit carried away in writing this and I've written quite a a long report. I'm not sure how long it's going to take. um, But to caveat that, it is in quite a large font so that I can read it, so it might be okay. Uh, Also...
1: hours later.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's a lot of words I probably can't pronounce, so I'm going to just do my best. I did have to Google (laughs) pronunciation of a few things.
1: Uh, I'll do my best. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to fact check you. I will help you pronounce anything if I can. Otherwise, I'm just going to validate the shit out of your pronunciation, even if it ends up being wrong. So no shame (laughs) here. Okay, awesome. So I'm going to tell you the story of Queen
0: Theodora.
1: Have you heard of her? No. I I was waiting for you to be like Gloria Steinem or... uh, you know some other woman i've heard of but kind of now oh no
0: we're going way back and by way back we're going back to the eastern roman empire which was from 330
1: to 1453 a.d Okay, so to set the scene, we're we're dirt roads, donkeys pulling carts, Mm -hmm. people wearing fabrics, Mm -hmm. uh, carrying water on your head, uh, chiseling things into tablets, stone tablets, exactly all that stuff. Yeah, got it. As far as
0: I'm aware, I'm I'm no history buff, but
1: (laughs) no cars,
0: (laughs) no probably no cars. Uh, I wouldn't have thought they had them back then. Probably
1: like very early days of airplanes. Probably.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, so let me paint a picture for you. The West has fallen. <laughs> Britannia was abandoned centuries ago. Mm. Gahal, which is France, was taken over by the Franks. Hispania, which is Spain, mm. is now a Visigothic province, and North Africa has fallen to the Vandals. Italy and Rome. Or Italy and Rome itself, rather, has become an. Here we go, Ostrogothic kingdom.
1: Yeah, that sounds a hundred percent right.
0: Yeah. Now this all means no- absolutely nothing to me. I'm just trying to paint somewhat of a pit, somewhat of a picture for you. Um, and if you would like to learn more about the words that I have just said, uh, <laughs> there's a fantastic website called, I believe it's pronounced Wikipedia.org. Interesting. Um, Yeah, and that can provide lots of mostly accurate information on the words I have said.
1: I bet it's fully vetted by literally anybody. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Exactly.
0: So many people can get involved.
1: I just finished a book where Visigoths were featured heavily.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. What a dink. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anyway... The east still stands, but even in the east, uh, the Huns and Bulgars are pushing from the north, and in the south, war is raging with the mighty Sassanid Empire.
1: So some things never change, is what I'm hearing. Basically.
0: Now, there was one emperor called Justinian, who was perhaps... (laughs) That's genuinely his name.
1: It's just like we just shortened it to Justin after a while. His well, uncle just was, called was called Justin. Justin <laughs> Jr. Justin,
0: Justin, <Junior>. just, Justinian. <laughs> um, okay. And he was perhaps the greatest emperor of the fuck. Here we go Byzantines. Byzantines.
1: Byzantine.
0: Yes. Byzantines. <laughs> He dreamed of a restored Rome, a unified Christian church, marble, gold and still. Wow. And in fact, never again would the Roman Empire reach the heights it saw under this one fella.
1: Oh, good for him.
0: Yep. And fun fact, his legacy was the uniform rewriting of Roman law, the Corpus Juris Civilius, which is still the basis of civil law in many modern states.
1: Oh, So he's like a law nerd, cool, I love that.
0: Yeah, he was a dude. Now, his backstory is also pretty fascinating, but we have limited time. Um, So if you do want a more detailed story, Wikipedia is your friend or other historical writings. But to give (laughs) you a quick overview Justinian was born probably in the year 482, no one quite seems to know exactly when, Uh, to a peasant family and was later adopted by his uncle, Justin. His aunt. <laughs> what
1: was his aunt's <laughs> name? Do we know or does no one care? <laughs> no one cares. <laughs>
0: Poor lady. <laughs> okay, there's another word coming up. Uh, Justin brought him to Constantinople. Constantinople.
1: You actually nailed it the first time it is Constantinople. Thank you. Constantinople. Istanbul Constantinople. was Constantinople.
0: Exactly. Thank you. And so, yeah, Justin brought him there to give him a damn good education. Mm. After his studies, Justinian served as one of 40 men selected to serve for the emperor's personal guard. Um, and he was described as short, fair skinned, hair, curly haired, round faced, and handsome.
1: Oh, sounds hot.
0: Yep. Now, so some shit happened. Um him and his uncle worked for the, the king's guard or emperor's guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the emperor Anastasius died in 518, Justin, his uncle, was proclaimed the new emperor with significant help from Justinian. They basically worked their way and colluded and managed to, to take the throne. Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't look any further into it. I did. I just didn't write it down. So.
1: Well, the story's not about him, really, is it?
0: No, we simply do not have time.
1: (laughs) Basically, some white guys did some shit, failed upwards, as they do. (laughs) So, no surprise.
0: So Justinian showed a lot of ambition, and several sources claim that he was functioning as virtual regent long before Justin made him um, associate emperor. And as Justin became senile near the end of his reign, Justinian became the Ed facto ruler and he was crowned co-emperor on first of April, <laughs> five hundred and twenty-seven.
1: Did you say co-emperor? Yeah, they're just making shit up. I'm a co. <laughs> we're co-emperors no, now.
0: <laughs> I copied and pasted that from somewhere. So
1: <laughs> I believe you. I just am so surprised that they're like we're. It's going to be a co thing now. We're co. We're co-presidents. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he became co-emperor on the first of April, five hundred twenty-seven. Became sole ruler. After Justin's death on the 1st of August 527.
1: Did Boy he have anything to do with that?
0: Good.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, he did.
0: It's not even his dad, it's his uncle.
1: It's Oops, right. he died. I Was guess he? I'm boss now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> However, behind every great man is a greater woman. And this is where we meet Theodora. Uh. So, Theodora was born in 490 AD. Her father was a bear trainer for the Hippodrome's Green Faction in Constantinople.
1: So, pause. Mm-hmm. Are you suggesting that her dad basically trained bears to be part of a military faction?
0: Um it was more entertainment. I think people fought bears in the Hippodrome. Uh, like that, all oh, that gladiator shit, you know.
1: A little bit of bare fight. Okay. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so
1: he was a tough dude, it sounds like.
0: <laughs> yep. He was pretty hardcore. Um, and her mother was a dancer and an actress. Oh. Um, along with her two sisters, Comedonna and Anastasia, not the I'm out of love. Completely different woman.
1: <laughs> not the Czech, not Czech, I'm um, Russian. Um <laughs> The Russian girl who went missing and everyone's like, she's dead. The Romanovs. Yeah, not her either, right? Her either, no, no.
0: D- okay. Different people. Okay. Uh, maybe the first Anastasia, though. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, now, Theodora would also become an actress, dancer, mime artist, and comedian. And by oh. age 15, she was the star of the Hippodrome. Now, at the time, much of what was called acting, acting in commas, was... <laughs> um, would have involved sexual or indecent performances on stage.
1: So burlesque. Well, Theodora
0: would have been, as most actresses actresses were, a child prostitute. (sighs)
1: Sad.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So according to the salacious writings of the 6th century, Byzantine? Byzantine? Byzantine?
1: Byzantine, yeah.
0: Byzantine historian Procopius, we don't even know his name. Uh, Theodora worked in a brothel serving low-status customers before performing on stage. Off stage, she sure Theod-
1: didn't just make soup.
0: She might have done. Well, we'll get to that. Off stage, Theodora was said to have had numerous lovers and held wild parties. And on stage, she was said to have gained fame, particularly for a lurid portrayal of Leda and the Swan, which apparently involved um, people eating food of her naked body, basically. Oh. oh, okay. However, it's unsure how accurate this is, as back in those days, sexual promiscuity was ascribed to many female actresses and performers. Um. So it's likely that she was just an actress trying to make a bloody living, um, but being called sure. a whore for doing so, basically.
1: Yeah. Like, they <laughs> want her to do that because that's the thing, but also, like, we're going to shame you for it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. cool, cool, cool,
0: By the age of 16, she abandoned her acting career and traveled to North Africa as the mistress of a Syrian official named Hesibolus. <clears throat> It's easier with an accent. Who became the governor <laughs> of the Libyan Pentapolis. Now, their relationship soured after a quarrel and she settled in Alexandria in Egypt working as a wool spinner. From Alexandria, she travelled to Antioch where she met a blue faction dancer called Macedonia who may have served as an informer for Justinian. Mm. And afterwards, Theodora returned to Constantinople. Where she met Justinian. <laughs> now, these two hit it off right away, and she became Justinian's mistress.
1: Not wife, um, though, huh?
0: Well, this is why. Not
1: yet. <laughs>
0: Justinian wanted to marry Theodora, uh-huh. but the Roman law from Constantine's time barred anyone of senatorial rank from marrying an actress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Yep. Equally so even if she quit acting because she was an actress at some point. Okay.
0: Yeah. Oh, it says equally, giving up this profession did not impact the legality of the marriage as anyone who had been an actress would furthermore be regarded as such.
1: Once an actress, always an actress. Once, once an I actress, say. always an actress.
0: <laughs> 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 Okay, the empress at the time, Euphemia, who was consort of the Emperor Justin, um, strongly opposed the marriage. And But following Euphemia's death in 524, Justin passed a new law allowing reformed actresses to marry outside of their rank if marriage was approved by the emperor.
1: Just making laws that fit the need.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: God love it.
0: Yep. Shortly thereafter, Justinian married Theodora, And when Justin died, she was crowned Empress Theodora alongside Emperor Justinian.
1: How romantic. So romantic. Mm. It's
0: a love story of the ages.
1: I feel like this is probably what Shakespeare really wrote about when he wrote about Romeo and Juliet. Probably. It was actually about them.
0: It was based on that, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
0: She was probably the most powerful woman in Byzantine history. Her intelligence and political acumen made her Justinian's most trusted advisor and enabled her to use the power and influence of her office to promote religious and social policies that favoured her interests. She was intelligent, witty, charming and always the centre of attention wherever she went. Um, she exercised considerable influence and her superior <clears throat> Sorry, superior intelligence and deft handling of political affairs caused many to think that it was she rather than Justinian who ruled.
1: Probably. As they say. She's not going to get credit. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, And her name is mentioned in nearly all the laws passed during that period. Uh, She received foreign envoys and corresponded with foreign rulers, uh, which were functions usually reserved for the emperor. Her influence in political affairs was decisive, as seen in the Nika revolt of January 532. Which is basically so the green and the blue parties were like the two Republican
1: and Democratic ones. Yeah, basically. But they were also the Labour.
0: Yeah. But they were also the like teams that played against each other in the Hippodrome as well. So it was yep, like a kind yep. of sporting and political thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very Harry Potter-ish in the, yeah. the blue blue team and the green team, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. You know, <laughs> exactly, <got it>. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but in the Nika revolt, basically, the blues and the greens united in their opposition um, to the government to set up a rival emperor.
1: What color did they make, though? Ah, well, no one has said.
0: What a blue and green make?
1: <laughs> um... I mean, a blue-green or a green-blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, teal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It was the turquoise team. Yeah, yeah there we go. Perfect.
0: <laughs> um, so Justinian's advisors urged him to flee when this was happening, but Theodora advised him to say and save his empire, interrupting oh. the emperor and his council to say, my lords, the present occasion is too serious for me to allow. I mean, she probably didn't have this accent, but I just feel like I should do a posh
1: English accent. Yeah, I absolutely do it. You know, that's she- how it would be in the movies. She spoke like to someone Greek, like Kate. Well, Kate Winslet would probably play her. So, like exactly, yeah, true. Okay,
0: my lords, the present occasion is too serious to allow me to follow the convention that a woman should not speak in man's council. Those whose interests are threatened by extreme danger should think only of the wisest course of action, not of conventions. In my opinion, flight is not the right course, even if it should bring us to safety. It is impossible for a person, having been born into this world, not to die, but for one who has reigned, it is intolerable to be a fugitive. May I never be deprived of this purple robe, and may I never see the day when those who meet me do not call me empress. If you wish to save yourself, my lord, then there is no difficulty. We are rich. Over there there is sea, and yonder there are ships. Yet reflect for a moment whether, when you have once escaped to a place of security, would you not gladly exchange such safety for death? As me, I agree with the adage that the royal purple is the noblest shroud. Girl can speak.
1: Yeah, bringing it into modern parlance, she basically is like, okay, bros, let me talk because listening to all you dudes has gotten us nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be a bunch of bitches and cowards, then there's the door. But me, we need to change it up, do something we haven't done before. Exactly. And fight this out. Because She's also, we're rich. Like, I
0: did not come from nothing, sex working to Empress for nothing. <laughs>
1: If you think, I'm going to wear something (laughs) that is a horror (laughs) or a robe, (laughs) then you've got another thing coming, sir. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And this speech motivated the men, including Justinian. uh, And he ordered his loyal troops to attack the demonstrators in the hippodrome, resulting in the deaths of over 30,000 civilian rebels. Jeez. Although some historians believe this number to be closer to 80,000. So they essentially just went and slaughtered loads of people. Why? I read another thing that said they went in and cut them to pieces. So that's Jesus. nice. I
1: mm. guess I I know why there's like differing opinions, but why do, why is it that some are like, nah, it's, it's got to be more like 80? Like what information do they have that makes them think that that there can't be just an agreement that we're going to say they chopped 80,000 people to pieces? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people clearly didn't write down much. Because a lot of what I read was like, someone says this and the other person says this. So I'm like, okay.
1: Meet in the middle, we'll say 50.
0: Yeah. (laughs) She also married off family members while she was ruling um, to like previous emperor's offspring. Um, Her sister married the general Cytus, her niece Sophia to Justinian's nephew, Justin II, who would then succeed the throne. So she kind of, it's like the Game of Thrones. She started Mm -hmm. marrying off all her daughters and
1: family members. Into positions of power and making yeah. strategic moves. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. I mean, she's playing the game. You can't be mad about it. Hate no. the player or hate the game, not the player or whatever. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, now, here's where it gets cool. So she was also one of the first rulers to recognize women's rights, passing strict laws to prohibit the traffic in young girls and altering the divorce laws to give greater benefits to women. Hmm. She would also buy girls who had been sold into prostitution, freeing them and providing them with a future, and she created a convent where the ex-prostitutes could support themselves. Um, As well as helping ex-prostitutes, rather, or sex workers, I should say, um, Theodora tried to eradicate all prostitution altogether. In 528, Theodora and Justinian ordered the closure of all the brothels and the arrest of their keepers and procurers. She paid their owners back the purchase fee, freeing the prostitutes from their captivity to facilitate, oh, and to facilitate the start of their new lives. She supplied the liberated women with clothing and gifted each of them a gold numisma.
1: Gold goose, we'll just say. Yeah. Okay. A gold thing. Interesting. <laughs> Something that probably could make it so they didn't need to go back to prostitution, yeah. right? Because that's what I was thinking is like criminalizing it with great intentions is great, but usually it's kind of like you're actually making it worse for the sex workers. So, yep. so it sounds like she's like, not only am I going to criminalize this so people don't do it, but I'm also going to make sure you guys don't need it. Exactly.
0: Great. Good for her. Well done, Theo. Dora. Mm-hmm. Dora. Well, Dory. I'm That's not sure Dory. what her nickname is going to be. <laughs> um. Justinian and Theodora's legislations also expanded the rights of women in divorce and property ownership. They removed the death penalty. Oh, no, sorry. They, <laughs> they did not do that. They they enforced the death penalty for rape, um, oh. forbade exposure of unwanted infants and gave mothers some guardianship rights over their children and forbade the killing of a wife who committed adultery. Oh. So she's all nice. about protecting them women. Mm-hmm. During her and her husband's reign, Constantinople was rebuilt and reformed to become the most splendid city the world has seen for centuries. And she was uh, a big part in that. Um, she also worked on religious policy. So her and her husband were part of two different Christian sects. Justinian was a a Chalcedonian, and she was a monophysite, monophysite, never heard of it.
1: Oh, yeah. No, you're right. That that is how you say it.
0: Cool. Thank you. So it's alleged that Theodora worked hard against Justinian's support of the Chalcedonian Christianity, but others suggest they were just pretending to oppose each other. So again, (laughs) who knows? It's just a little kink they had. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Dory also founded a Maithosite monastery and provided shelter in the palace for Maithosite leaders who faced opposition from the majority of Chalcedonian Christians. She hid one dude in her quarters until she died um, and persistently provided sanctuary for persecuted monophysites within the palace. Accommodating such a huge number of monks that in one incident, several hundred gathered in a grand chamber, causing the floor to collapse.
1: <laughs> our, our nightmare.
0: <laughs> Literally.
1: There's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: when Pope Timothy III of Alexandra died, Theodora enlisted the help of the Augustal Prefect and the Duke of Egypt to make Theodosis Theodosius, the new pope. So basically she outmaneuvered her husband who wanted a Chalcedonian successor.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, the Monophysites believed Theodora's influence on Justinian was so strong that after her death he worked to bring harmony between the Monophysites and the Chalcedonian Christians and kept his promise to protect her little community of Miaphysite refugees in the Hormistus Palace. I was going to say Hummus. <laughs> in the Hummus Palace. In the Hummus Palace. So Theodora died on the 28th of June, 548, at age 48. Mm. Although other sources say 51, so so (laughs) we're not sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And she died of cancer or gangrene. Again, the records (laughs) are sketchy, so no one really knows.
1: (laughs) Well, if anything, she lied about her age, (laughs) as women (laughs) have to do sometimes, because we lose our value as we get older. And maybe it was both cancer and gangrene.
0: Exactly. It could have been in those times, you know?
1: Yeah. Cancer is gangrene.
0: Yeah. Um, side note Justinian lived till he was 84. Of course. Which in those days,
1: <laughs> unheard of. Unheard of. Yeah.
0: Shame. So,
1: maybe he was dead and like they just propped him up. Maybe. Like a weekend at Bernie's scenario. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad she couldn't outlive him though.
0: Yeah, that is a shame because she was awesome. But that is the tale of possibly the first feminist, Queen Theodora, who liberated women and sex workers and...
1: Smarter than her husband. Or smarter than her husband, yeah. I just looked up a picture of her, though. You know, it's like a, a mosaic. and mm. So obviously her likeness rather than like, oh yeah, here's a selfie. <laughs> um, but yeah, she looks pretty cool. I mean...
0: Yeah, there's another picture I found as well, and she looks stunning in that. Um, And to be honest, you know, I'm sure she did a lot more. I started watching loads of YouTube videos on it. Um, Mm -hmm. I read various articles and historical pages, (laughs) and I've
1: kind of just smushed it all into one. You examined the tomes, the the stone tablets that documented some of this even though they're weathered
0: yeah like this one she looks like a badass
1: oh yeah i just scrolled through that one very i mean very kind of cleopatra vibes a little bit to be honest yeah so i've never heard of her and i have like only kind of seventh grade u.s not u.s history but seven seventh grade history world history like knowledge about constance Constantinople and that empire and that it was very kind of thriving and significant even though it was yeah. you know you know a couple couple years ago and it is so interesting hearing about how there's like there was so much progressive like kind of ideology back then hmm. in some ways when you would think it was kind of like women property no rights and then we have someone like her who's kind of like this is actually really fucked up so yeah. I'm gonna do something about it and it kind of went on a roller coaster for me when she was talk when you were talking about all the things she did regarding laws and stuff and I'm like I mean she's in a position of power I get it you know and I'm kind of like but you know we're also talking a lot of shit about all the men who are in those positions and the shit they do so I'm was super glad to hear that she was kind of like also I'm gonna use this position to you know advance some things that I think are really important for you know Women yeah in marginalized communities. And so, like, good for her. Exactly. I mean, it should be noted I did also
0: read, but didn't include um, that she, although she really wanted to help lower class women, she would fuck up any higher class women that threatened her position. um mm. And she mm-hmm. was quite a hard bitch when it came to that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, girls got to do what she's going to do.
1: I mean, the reality is, is people probably were coming for her all the time, you know, like it's kind of dog eat dog, like I'm going to be the new mistress slash whatever and take your man. And yeah. so, like I said, hate the sin, not the sinner. Mm-hmm. You know it. So what made you... Uh- Choose her. Or how did you come across her in terms of like wanting to talk about her as an inspiring woman? I'm she curious. was recommended by Silas.
0: So shout oh. out Silas. Thanks, Silas. Um, he mentioned her to me quite a while ago, and I've had it on my notes. And I was looking through today, and I thought, oh, she'd be good.
1: Good call. Appreciate love when mm. we have some f- friends of the pod giving us suggestions. It's great.
0: Um. So I'm sorry, Silas, for mispronouncing everything and probably doing a very poor job. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I did my best in the hour right. that I wrote that report.
1: I mean, let us know if we need to correct anything, Silas. Or if you know <laughs> any more fun facts about her, let us know. Yeah, drop it in. Yeah. I I bet she knew how to use a menstrual cup, too. <laughs> hey. Just saying. She probably invented the menstrual cup. Probably. <laughs> well, nicely done. I I dug that. That was also I like kind of a big pivot from who we talked about last time and Ruby and kind of the just the time frame and and vibes and stuff. But there was also you said something and it made me think back to Ruby for a second. Just um, her parents maybe sending her somewhere for a or no, Justin, Justinian. Yeah, mm-hmm. going like there's this whole we got to go somewhere else. To get you a better education, yeah. and I just think that's really interesting that that is always, always so, somewhere else. Somewhere else is better than here, so we got to go there. Yeah. And it's like, why can't everywhere just be good for everybody? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's still why?
0: happening now with you know, yeah, refugees and migrants trying to, yeah, come over to the yep. UK, just to live a better life, and get a everybody better. Everybody just wants
1: to live. Everyone should just be able to live.
0: Live and let live. Mm
1: -hmm. why can't we just live our lives (laughs) because somehow that infringes on someone else's rights I guess I don't know I don't understand it
0: I don't either to be honest
1: Mm. but cheers to Theodora well done
0: Dory cheers -hmm.
1: Cheers. Mm -hmm. nice one Inspiring woman in the books for the day. Do we got a... Am I the asshole or...
0: Yeah, I've got a marriage-related one, actually. Which could tie in quite nicely.
1: Yeah, let's hear it.
0: This one's pretty cut and dry, I think. But uh, we'll see. I'll see your opinion on it. Am I the asshole? If I cancelled my wedding because of my fiancé's family tradition...
1: Okay. This so is going to be horrifying. Yeah, a little is bit. Is the tradition horrifying? Okay, cool.
0: My fiance informed me that in his family they do a bedding ceremony. Yep. No. That type of ceremony where the family watches the two newlyweds have sex to see if they actually have sex. I've heard about this when I've read medieval books when I was younger, but I never knew that people still did this. It's not common for me to hear or see about it my fiance and I are both 25 so pretty young to be getting married but we have been together for five years I felt really uncomfortable when he told me this because it's just weird to me my fiance said that it would be fine and that it would end soon (laughs) would I be overreacting if I cancelled the wedding I don't even feel safe around him around him after that comment because he shouldn't be agreeing with them but i have to realize that this is also his family tradition our wedding is in 3 months so i wanted some opinions because i really don't have anyone to talk to about this have you guys had to do this at your wedding
1: no i that was not a feature of our wedding i will just get that out there um i am struggling because now i want to know is there is there some sort of religious or cultural component that i would imagine so we're not hearing because I'm I'm very – I'm always very cautious to be like that's super fucked up when it, we're talking about something that is part of a community or group that I'm not a part of and, mm-hmm. you know, not – I mean, but there's lots of, I think, religious things that I think is super fucked up that I would probably say, no, like we're not going to – you know, I'm not going to support you know, something horrible to another human for the sake of religion, you know? But uh, that was something that popped into my head when you were reading. And I still – I think I would just go back to like it's your body and that just because it's their tradition whatever for whatever reason doesn't mean that it has to now be yours. And I think it's a very valid question that if that's something that they insist upon and believe in and pursue, then you need to think, is that – a like a thing that you want to become part of your life and a family you want to be part of. And can you imagine the trauma that would inflict? Just like lay back and let it happen and get it over with? That is the All family rapiest
0: thing. Like, rapiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. One, how's he going to get it up? Two, what a way to start your married life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Three, why do the family want to see that?
1: So the watching thing too is like I've heard of the traditions where they like go and look at the bed sheets afterwards. Yeah, um, but the watching thing is just a new layer that makes my skin crawl a little bit. And I I agree with all of your points, questions of like you would also think like his family would be like we actually don't really love this is awkward for us, yeah. but I. Get th- I'm getting the sense that they're probably like, whoa, get it, yeah, Brits abroad, get the business done, something like that. I don't know. Because <laughs> otherwise, why would they be like, let's keep doing this unless it was truly and it's sincerely deeply held religious belief need? I don't know. Hmm.
0: But religious traditions aside, it's an incredibly voyeuristic yeah. thing to do. Yeah um yeah um, yeah no i i i think they need to have a very serious conversation Hmm.
1: um how is this the like i, I guess i'm making some assumptions that sh- this person writing it now it's because it just now became like brought to her attention but she's with this person for five years and she's just like now learning about this ritual mm. like th- what else don't you know <laughs>
0: yeah exactly Like what else, what other traditions are going to creep out the woodwork?
1: Like when you have a baby, does everyone get to be in the room? Do you have to eat the placenta afterwards? Like what's, I guess I would be wanting to know what else am I going to be subjected to by your family that is maybe something that I'm not okay with. I don't think this person would be an asshole to call off the wedding based on this. I mean, I think anybody could call off a wedding for just about any reason they wanted to, because if it changes their desire to marry that person then so be it but this is definitely one where it's like nope that's understandable
0: yeah and especially if her partner is unwilling to he's super, ready, her for it. super it. ready for it against it super ready for it yeah like. Like, <laughs> up for it that's the person you're meant to feel most safe with and who's mm-hmm. gonna protect you and if he's willing to let his family watch oh. you have sex then, yeah what are the comments, I like... would run um let's have a look <laughs> the top one is your family can have whatever traditions they want but I will not be having performative sex for other people's curiosity
1: mm-hmm. yep that
0: um other people saying uh, this isn't normal these people are demented and of not of sound mind sounds like a practice of medieval royalty. Uh, Maybe it's live in some parts of the world But she's under no obligation to agree to it Yep I hope OP cancels the wedding Um, The idea that a family wants to see their child Sibling, cousin, etc. have sex Is frankly perverse The fact that the boyfriend agrees with it is disturbing
1: Yeah Oh, I'm glad that we're right on With the majority of Reddit anyway (laughs)
0: Yeah, set is very old fashioned, isn't it?
1: I mean, say? I've heard of them like the... yeah. <laughs> Old fashioned is where something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new. <laughs> this is uh, yeah.
0: One you know, a few steps further,
1: yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> uh, you're not the asshole. No, you know you aren't, baby. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Oofed. Yeah, that one. Um, That's going to stick with me for a little while. Sorry. <laughs> That's, That's okay. a point fuel for you? Maybe. Maybe it is. Like, <laughs> hey, guess what, guys? There are still people out there who think that they need to watch couples consummate their marriage on their wedding night. <laughs> and if there's people out there who are aware of um, cultures, religions, that like this is what they do tell us tell us why. I'm curious to know why like the watching part is important Mm. because um and like I guess the more about that particular group, community, whatever belief system. Um, because I I'm gonna probably still be confused about why watching is important, but I guess just for my own educational purposes, I would like be curious to learn more, even if I don't agree with it.
0: Mm. From the comments People are saying this happened during medieval times because it was their tradition and they wanted to prove the newlyweds had sex. Even the bishop had to be inside the room to bless them. Jesus. So there is a history behind it. Um, but yeah. I'm just
1: going to Google religions it's... that require. Okay, strangest tradition of all witnessing a marriage consummation. The practice seems very strange, but having witnesses at the marriage bed to make sure the marriage was consummated was indeed practiced during the Middle Ages. Okay, so it is actually – it stems from – well, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the thing, the immediate thing I'm seeing on Google is that this is a thing that just like royalty did back in the day. And I'm kind of like, I mean, are you guys – of royal blood is this uh, – mm. is this like – one of the UK royals who's getting married soon, even if they're of lesser nobility. <laughs> like, are we talking about... I don't, can't remember any of their names, but one of the unmet, wed cousins. <laughs> yeah.
0: This person says, coercion equals rape in this situation. Gang rape, yeah. essentially.
1: hmm I would agree with that. I don't think that's actually too extreme. So, because it's just... It, it, my guess is if she's like, well, I don't consent to this, so I guess we're not having sex and the marriage isn't consummated and then they're not married and then why go through it at all? I don't know. I exactly. could see why she'd just be like, well, this, then let's just not get married then. So And,
0: like, as you said, like springing it on them f- three weeks before the, three months before the wedding. They've been together five years. Why is it only coming mm-hmm. up now?
1: Mm-hmm. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Egg time. Run. Get out. Mm-hmm. I bet if you uh, started making a list of all the the red flags over the years, it's going to be a big one, too, that you yeah. just maybe ignored until this one maybe was a little bit too hard, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Good times. Wow. Um, I found another article about how this is from the American Ministries... Some sort of like, I think, ordained website, American Marriage Ministries, saying that betting ceremonies and public consummation making a comeback. And this was from July 20th of 2023. So, Whoa. like, this is becoming the new trendy wedding thing, I guess. Right. Well, cool. I shan't be getting cool. married then. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, I guess that if that's going to be it, then wait until this trend passes and it goes back to, I don't know, shoving cake in your face or something. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'd rather go take that. that. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah.
1: Me too. Yeah. <sighs> Great. Uh, good episode today. I'm going to already jump the gun and just say this is going to be a fan favorite. Are you? That's <laughs> yeah. bold. I mean, I don't know if you, I, my my tarot today basically said that.
0: Oh, we're done then. We're <laughs> all, complete.
1: All of my decisions that I make are going to be good ones. So <laughs> that is the <my laughs> decision.
0: The tarot has <laughs> spoken.
1: The tarot, the cat tarot, has spoken. <laughs> <Ta-da-da>. <laughs> well, listeners, dear listeners, please share your thoughts about today or any episode. Good vibes only, though. Fun facts, tidbits about what we talked about. Anything else you think might be interesting related to women, feminism, weddings?
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: Please let no actually don't let us know if you've had to do that. I don't. I don't really want to know. If you did, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry you had to. You don't have to share that though. Yeah, <laughs> unless you want to. But do get in touch, but uh, via social media, which is TSYB Pod,
0: or you can email us at talkshittous at us mm. Send us your stories, questions, dilemmas, opinions, reviews, anything you like, really. Mm-hmm. um or and open. also let us know if you'd like a little fan merch key ring that kate has fantastically devised
1: I'll i think do, about doing uh, a competition or something i don't know yeah maybe you know basically watch the insta maybe for <laughs> my lovely artwork my yeah. new pursuit, my new career choice um and you know stay tuned for maybe some info on merch or a little contest so you can win this beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you, G. And you.
0: Till next Have
1: time. A great... Bye bye. <laughs>